Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 269. Nice. <laughs> nice. Where today we will be looking at Nemesis and Revulsion. Gross. I mean, revolting. I'm, I'm not sure why I stole Jake's bit, but there it is. Oh, I should have done a, like, Nemesis or... Oh, yeah, you should have made it sound like it was going to be the movie. You oh, or that. Or that, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. It's kind of better than the movie, I think. Oh. Oh, wait, much. Nemesis, yeah, no, yeah, yeah Jesus. <laughs> not, I was not, confusing Nemesis saying, with a good movie. It's an incredibly low bar. It's an incredibly wow. low bar. So any movie, Chris, huh? <laughs> yeah, because, oh, sorry, I was thinking of Jurassic Park. Yeah, you're right, that movie sucks. There are there are many movies I would rather rewatch than, uh, I mean, I'd rather rewatch Nemesis than, for example, Star Trek Into Darkness. Whoa! Wow, that's... I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't. I, I would watch. Well, actually, we have to eventually. But I would rewatch Into Darkness just out of curiosity at this point because I don't really remember anything about it except that I thought it was fucking dumb as shit. It's bad that they had Benedict Bandersnatch as a uh, con. Yeah. Con. But wait, who the fuck are we? Well, con. I'm Chris. Uh, this is Ames. This is Caitlin. And here's Jakey. Here That's is. actually really appropriate in this one. I was definitely uh, waiting for Darjeeling there to to pull a here's Johnny at one point. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, samesies. But he doesn't doesn't have to pound down the door. He can just walk through it. No, I know. Oh, that's creepy. That's our second episode. First up in... <laughs> First, we gotta get through this other bullshit. First up in Nemesis. Yeah, no, I was gonna do the obvious joke, but you guys already said I should have and I blew it, let's be honest. So no no cracks about the Romulans and the Remans. All right, so uh, there's a war between the Romulans and the Remans. Oh, oh. Wow. In Star Trek Predator... Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> we start off in a jungle, and guys in, like, very kind of, you know... Olive drab military fatigues and big old machine guns are running around looking for something and they find it. And what it is, is in fact Commander Chakotay. Taking yeah. a leak or beating off behind a tree or something. Yeah. I don't he know what the clothed. fuck he was doing. He was, luckily. Thank God. Not for long, though. Uh, yeah, seriously. Hello, I am Chakotay. Strip. That's uh, why they kept him. <laughs> yeah. So they take him to their uh, encampment and they're all like, forsooth, we talketh weird. And. Tell him about their long-running war with the, uh... Nemesis. Kraden. The, where? What? Oh, yes, there they are. Sorry, I went too far down the list. The Kraden. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of people in this one. Yeah, there are. The, they are the Vori, and uh, they're all like, you know, we're trying to get these guys off our planet. They, they, you know, they are ruthless. They steal our stuff. They desecrate our corpses. They do unspeakable things to our women and all that kind of stuff you hear about in war all the time. Go to sleep and dream of your mothers and sisters. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> uh, and he's kind of stuck with them because his, his shuttle crashed and uh, he, he has to get in touch with Voyager Yet another so, shuttle down. Yeah, seriously. Three so, episodes in a row now. Mm, so they, uh, he, he, he is sent along with a scout. The scout is killed. Whoops. Luckily, the uh, whole squadron was conveniently close by. And they're like, well, yeah, put, put on this uniform because you kind of stand out in your bright red shoulder pads. He's like, fine. 
And, uh, you know, he trained on a gun with... Rafe. Rafen. Rafen. Rafen, who is all like, I'm a coward. And Chukrini is like, no, you're not. You're a good man. Being scared is normal. And they bond. And then Rafen dies in a raid. Whoops. And then they find, like, a guy from the 7th platoon or whatever murdered via sun exposure and also, uh, like, bolted down so that he can't turn face down because that's, like, part of their death rite. And then they realize, oh no, the whole 7th platoon has been wiped out. And then there's an ambush and they flee and Chakotay separated from everyone and he's shot and he makes his way to a village and they're all like, hello, Defender! And he passes out really kind of comically. You know, and he comes to and the child befriends him and the old man is like, oh, you fought well. You are our Defender, even if you are a visitor. And then there's a raid! Whoops! And, uh, raid. you know, Mexican-ass-looking ah. Craden are there. And they're brought to a to a work camp, and they're gonna kill all the old people because they're useless to work. And oh, I'm the, glad someone finally said it. <laughs> and there's this whole to do, and I forget how exactly, but Chakotay escapes, and then he runs into uh, Tuvok Brone Brone. Oh, uh, who was the leader of the little group he'd been hanging with? He's like, everyone else is dead, but come on, let's go and and. We're going to meet up with some other platoon. and Oh, yeah. Brone found him tied yeah. to the ground. That's right. That's how he didn't escape. He was... Sorry you were turned up to the sun for so long or whatever. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. But then there's a raid! Oh, Another raids. one! Parade! But one of the one of the aliens is like, Chakotay, it's me, Tuvok. And he's like, no, no, you're clearly a Nausicaa and the fucked a predator. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember Tuvok having a weird vagina mouth. Yeah. Um, don't. I feel like I'd remember that. But then he's all like, they brainwashed you. Oh, yeah, shit, I jumped ahead. Because, yeah, they, there'd been a scene or two on Voyager where they were like, yeah, we're talking to the ambassador, there's a war, this and that. They're going to send some commandos to help us. And shock, the predator-looking aliens are the ones Voyager has been talking to. While are the good guys-ish? Maybe, who knows? No one. So, At least the less bad guys. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, it turns out like, Chakotay had been basically in a very elaborate brainwashing propaganda scheme. Everything was fake. No one really died. He finds the village he'd been at, and they're all like, hello, Defender! And he's like, ah, fuck. Um, and then, you know, despite knowing exactly what he's just been through, the ambassador of the Predator, Nausikins, shows up to be like, how are you doing? And he's like, this is weird. The end. You know, before he died, I was starting to think this was all going to be a spinoff for That's So Rafen. Uh, make that joke again next week, Caitlin. Why? Because we have an episode called The Raven coming up. Damn it! That's true, we do. <laughs> well, I don't want to repeat <sighs> myself more than I always do. <laughs> so, what did everyone think? I liked it up until the end, and I don't think it needed the brainwashing twist. Okay, because, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the, the twist felt kind of unearned, it but I wasn't sure if that was just me. It felt yeah. like it would have been a more interesting statement if it were just about propaganda and getting caught up in propaganda yeah. than it having been a brainwashing thing, because mm. watching Chakotay kind of fall in and, and you know, 
see, oh yeah, this is all horrible. I should be on your side because of all the stuff you're telling me. Because Chakotay, naturally the person who listens to other people, who is the compassionate one who uses his ability to connect with, with others as his kind of superpower. The terrorist Na- with a heart of gold. Wait, seriously. He's able to like see what these people are talking about and say, oh yeah, this sucks that you guys are being attacked all the time. I should help you. And then have the table be flipped on him is kind of interesting. And it didn't need the, oh, by the way, we were using all these techniques to fuck with you. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it needed it. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I also think that, you know, because, you know, we're predisposed to not, you know, to side with the humans over the not sickens. <laughs> I like that. Um, That's a good one. So I think, you know, I think that it's enough of a twist that it turns out that, that Agreed. You know, the humans are the bad guys. Uh, or even, you know, I, I think it's, you know, and it is kind of left somewhat ambiguous, like, who yeah. are actually the bad guys? Who shot know? down Chakotay's shuttle? Because we are told it was the Kraden, but we don't know. They're probably all assholes. Yeah, exactly. Which is a perfectly legitimate message about war as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, this kind of makes one side more, ex- even despite the whole we're leaving it open thing, like, there does seem to be a side by the end that is explicitly kind of worse because it conscripts people in a freaky way. Yeah. It reminded um, me a little of, oh, the episode in TOS where everybody, where they're fighting a war with computers and the computer decides how many of you die at any given time. And yeah. both sides are just dicks. Yeah, they're both idiots. It's probably like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that twist at the end was, like, just so not needed or again earned and i realized in retrospect like the only only hint that something was awry was just the fact that the whole platoon was there the split second chakotay's buddy was killed mm. not buddy but the guy he was scouting with like raven. like huh raven no no that was later the oh, original yeah, guy right, he went with because raven was too chicken name yeah, you're right he, Naaman, had, he had the trembles yeah like uh it was like, wow, were they basically two feet behind after all that? But I thought that was just lazy storytelling, not an attempt to hint that something was afoot. Yeah, I, I mean, I felt like I kind of sorted it out once we didn't see the, you know, they kept referring to, you know, oh, Ambassador Fuckface. And, yeah, mm, on the um, ship. Yeah, we never, and we, you know, it wasn't they only until said they Nemesis. Yeah, so I thought that that was, you know, I, I think it was still a good twist. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't exactly... Well, that, that part, the fact that Voyager was talking to the other side, I thought was nice. Yeah. But the, I meant the twist, the whole, like, brainwashing twist. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, they the just didn't need a thing. double twist. They could have gone with one twist. They didn't have to M. Night Shyamalan a ding-dong this thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think, yeah, I think they still could have done a double twist, but the double twist would be, you know, the first twist is, oh, Voyager's working with the enemy... And then the second twist is, oh, wait, maybe they're not the enemy. Maybe they're both bad. Maybe we should just uh, uh, order 24 this planet. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Because I was like, is it just me? Am I just being a jerk? But yeah, no, I was I was here for this episode up until that twist. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing. It's a great it's it's perfectly in character for Chakotay. I know yeah. we're we're all like extra vigilant in in watching what Chakotay does because there's such a penchant for screwing him over as a mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And I thought he was he was fine. I thought Beltran did a good job. Yeah, it was kind of funny when it's like when he's first out with the other guy. You know, it's like oh, you know, it's like to have a nemesis. No, it's like 
You literally joined a terrorist organization to fight off people who you felt had stolen your planet. What are you talking about? And then the next day, he's like, ah, yes, I fought against the Cardassians. You didn't seem to remember that yesterday. I mean, well, he wasn't be fair, being brainwashed yet. They didn't mm. steal his planet. They stole his sphere. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Can you fathom that? The. I. Uh, uh, what was. I appreciated what they were trying, but the execution just was yeah, awful. I, I didn't mind. I actually kind of like, you know, because we meet lots of aliens, and by and large, they all speak. English and not only do they speak English, they speak it in the same way in the that, same yeah. vernacular. Yeah, Americans would speak it. Um, you know, obviously the English can be explained by the Universal Translator, but the fact that they would use you know aliens in the Delta Quadrant would be using you know twentieth century American dialect yeah. is yeah. kind of odd. Yeah, the idea of playing with it was good. It's just to me, it felt less like they really thought it through and just more like whipped open the thesaurus and found the first hmm. word for every word they wanted instead of really kind of putting more thought into what words they should use. Yeah, like and I also go ahead. Uh, well, you kind of made the point that. Oh, well, Chakotay starts talking like the natives, and I turned to Chris and I was like, sort of feels like when you go to order deli meat and you, like, watch The Sopranos, so you're Gabagoo! like, I need, I need some prosciutto and some mozzarella. It's like, well, stop yourself. Gabagoo. That's actually not when you kind of, at first when she was making fun of it, it was like, it felt like an attempt to go Shakespearean without knowing what Shakespeare sounds like. Oh, like, I don't remember. I don't remember saying that, but uh, well, you kept doing all these fake Shakespeare forsooths. Lines. Yeah, I was forsoothing um, quite a bit. So yeah, again, like I appreciate the idea, but I I just feel like the execution was slightly off. See, yeah, well, I, I if the fact that Chakotay assumed it was intended to be, you know, an element in the brainwashing, like I kind of wondered that after you know, the reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah that the, makes the, sense. The more the more he started talking like them, the more he was brainwashed yeah what were you gonna say it makes per oh god sorry two things a i think um the chocote picking it up didn't need the brainwashing he, i think if he just did that naturally because he started seeing from their point of view yeah would have been enough and i thought you know that was a good projection progression of his character to show that when mm -hmm. he starts you know speaking you know talking, talking of glimpses and footfalls and and all this stuff like I got it. Also it just makes communication easier. You know what I mean? It did. Yeah. It was a, it was a good way to show he's picking this up, not necessarily because he's being brainwashed, because that's a bad idea, a <laughs> bad unnecessary idea, but just to show his his level of empathy. Second yeah. thing, I get the I I so enjoyed that they did this. The fact that they've never done it before makes it stick out like fucking yeah. crazy because it's such a it's such an obvious idea like. It reminded me, like, you know, there was a great skit I saw of a, a young couple, a British person and a, an American person having a baby together and mm. them just going to the store saying, I want to buy that perambulator. And the other one saying, what are you talking about? We need a stroller, not a whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> and them not knowing like each other's words for things. Yeah, that sh doesn't that never comes up in Star Trek when different societies have different words for things. It's um, a good chance it never will again. I got. I have. I have three words for you. Mm -hmm. Eplagnista. Oh. Yes. Oh, why? What? The Omega Fucking, Glory. Yikes. Yeah. Mm. The Yangs and the Coons. Tos. I don't remember this. 
Yeah, the you're terrible, better off. <laughs> yeah, the terror. It turned out they like parallelly developed on and had the U.S. Constitution and all that shit, and they wasted a perfectly great crazy man performance on a terrible episode. Mm. Who was the crazy man? Uh, he um, he had played or something. He he appeared twice. I forget if this is his first or second, second. appearance, but both. But oh, thank you. Both times he appeared, he was like fish eye lens crazy, and he was really good at it. Yeah, um, he'd previously also been Van Gelder. Yeah, yeah, from the like Nuthouse episode. But yeah, um, like I, I so got what they were going for. Yeah, and it's it's just that you've never done you, this has never happened before. This should happen anytime we meet a race, and the Universal Translator is translating what they're saying, but not necessarily mm. what they're meaning, because normally the translator seems to pick up on idiom. Yeah, it, it yeah. seems to translate it not only to like the word that you're looking for, but the word that you're looking for in your dialect. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little it's a little strange, even though on a one off episode, it's a it's an interesting idea. It is. You know what I think vaguely related to this because the one thing for me was like there was a scene where Chakotay started using some of the lingo, and then by the next scene, he was just in it completely. And I think what you have with this episode, and this maybe also is like sort of responsible for the unnecessary brainwash element, like the shoot, mm. this is an episode that to actually really like make sense would be something that would take more time. That's a good point. Then they could realistically give him on the world. Yeah, because like, on the shoot, they me, did that brain plug in to make sure yeah. it, it happened in the amount of time an episode took place in. Yeah, like, this is something that if you just had, like, regular propaganda and real shitty encounters over the course of, say, months, you know, and he'd slowly pick up the lingo till by the end he's talking just like them. But they were like, all right, we need to do this story, but we need it to take, like, 48 hours. Let's say there's brainwashing and drugs involved. Mm. Which is too bad, because I think, you know, if, it, if they had the freedom to be like, you know, even if you still told it in the space of one episode, but there was, like, skip time and time lapses and whatever. But I think it's the same issue the shoot had where they're constrained by like, they're not going to look for him for months in the Delta Quadrant. No, no, they'd leave him. They'd say he'd be happier here. Leave him for dead. He's built so he's, many tubs. He's always ready to fucking just give up and stay on the planet he's found. Let's just let him do what he loves. And that's what I said as soon as the episode started. I was like, God damn it, is he going to have to build another fucking tub? Well, no, see, the best part is you hadn't read the episode description. No. And they hadn't shown Chakotay yet. But you said, are they stranded on a planet? And how many tubs is Chakotay nice. going to have to build? And I had read the episode description. So I was like, that, wh what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that, um, that opening scene, because Jake and I watched it during the day instead of in the evening. So we had light glare all over the living room. Mm. So I could literally see nothing that was happening on the screen except various bodies moving in woods. I mean, I got to tell you, we, we don't like we watch it during the day as well. But our TV is such that there's no glare on it. You still can't see. much. Oh, good. It's just not a well lit scene. Well, that and I don't pay attention anyway. So I was like, <laughs> oh, why are they running around the woods with guns? He's like, those are none of the crew of the Voyager. <laughs> Those are clearly not phaser rifles. That was, it, it would have been a, a pointless comedy moment, but, you know, like, maybe not a comedy moment, you could have played it straight, but the fact that the first time he fires the gun, he seems to be ready for recoil was sort of disappointing. Hmm. Uh, Chakotay, I mean, because he, he's used to weapons that don't have recoil. I imagine so. they've trained on other weapons in, like, the holodeck, though. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's something you don't deal with regularly, you might, like, either not think about it or just not be... As braced for it as you should, well, maybe, if it's been a while. And not to mention the guy teaching him 
literally was like, oh, yeah, you got to shoot higher. These guns don't, yeah. like, aim correctly. It's like, you could have started with that, you jerk off. <laughs> oh, and his buddy Raffin, uh, appropriately enough to, you know, military propaganda, was in Starship Troopers. Oh, was he? Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the many doomed squad members. I don't remember him specifically, but I was like, he's kind of familiar, and I looked him up, and yeah. Which actually came out around this time. I think this came out a little bit earlier. Oh, good for him. much? Damn. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, I want to move up to what's happening up on the ship. Mm, yes. Because, you know, they did the whole, we're not going to hint that the, the ambassador is a cranium. We're just going to call him the ambassador and call their nemesis the nemesis. And there's one point where Janeway asks Neelix, Neelix, what do you know about this war? And he's able to say something. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're well out of any space that Neelix is familiar with. But then I said I, the exact same thing. I kind of wonder, because spoilers for Revulsion, Ambassador Neelix is on the case doing his ambassador thing now. I It seems to have started in this episode. So I assume he got this information from Trian. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they had mentioned ages ago, like, he was made ship's ambassador in that episode where he was going to run out of space he knew. Mm -hmm. But this, this seems to be the first time they've acknowledged that he actually does do that now. Like, he's kind of, it's his job to kind of get the information they'll need. Yeah, chat up, chat not. up aliens. You love yeah. it. You love that stuff, Neelix. Kind of like what they were using Troy for in the early days of TNG. Like, it was her job to get the dossiers together on the cultures. Mostly Since just she sense. was really no good with uh, telling what people were thinking and feeling. Yeah. And even worse at being a therapist. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would argue that uh, even though he doesn't have psychic powers, Neelix is probably a better empath than Troy. <laughs> Once again, an extremely low bar. <laughs> yeah, he did a few, pretty good job a few weeks ago. No, last week with Balana, Bal or a few weeks ago. In the gift, she was down, and he made her feel a little better. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, Day of Honor. Sorry, the gift was the other episode that week. Yeah, not a lot from the, the ship side, though. They did focus mostly on the Chakotay thing, which is good. I don't think this needed, like, a B-plot Yeah, if there were a B-plot, like, you know, the next episode we're going to be talking about. <laughs> the doctor learns... Yeah, the doctor learns to tie shoes! Neat! Also, I know that Jerry Ryan wasn't in this episode... Um, mm. Because they were still catching up on all of her scenes in Scorpion Part 2. Because oh. there was a lot of stuff that they needed her in the in the cat suit for. Or not the cat, the, uh, the Borg suit for. To go back and do all that shit. So, so she was wasn't in this one. I was kind of wondering, actually, as we watched Revulsion. Uh, and I don't know if you'll have come across this in your research. But were these originally supposed to air in opposite order? Oh, I know. Yeah, the whole first couple episodes are all in, in mishmash order. Cause, okay. Because the gift was supposed to be the fifth episode, and then it became the the second episode, and then I think, yeah, I think you're right. These two may have flip-flopped. Yeah, just because um, in Revulsion they mention, like, it's been three days since Day of Honor. Yeah, Day of like, Honor was between these two originally in, yeah, in okay. order. Yeah, okay. That, that makes a lot more sense. It's like, wow, so they just picked up Tom and Balana and... Right away, Chakotay crashed on that moon, and the split <laughs> second he gets back, he's having Harry put together a thing with Seven. So, oh god, though, speaking of right away, it will take Chakotay who knows how long to deal with the psychological impact. And I'm just thinking we will never speak of this again. Oh no, no, not at all. Although I do really like the the final line, like, it's so easy, or, or I wish it were easier to stop hating than it is to start. Yeah, good line. Yeah, was, good for him. Yeah, 
Yeah. Again, like, if, if not for the second twist, I think it would have been a way better episode. Yeah. Like, it's a good episode, but in retrospect, it's kind of retroactively made a little less good by that, you know? Yeah, like mm-hmm. Threshold. <laughs> yeah. It's like this. It's, it's, they really do seem to get what they're doing with Chakotay at this point, and it was a very Chakotay episode in a lot of ways. Mm. That little girl, that little bad Dude. actress little girl oh was giving me so bad. Big Miri yeah. vibes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Mm. Usually I'm not good at, like, noticing really terrible acting, and even I was like, ooh, she is really not good. Not at all. Also, like, speaking of the, like, thesaurus aspect of the writing, having them use Crave for want made some of those conversations oh, creepy. Oh, so creepy. Oh, that is I didn't I notice thought Crave. Everybody was, I thought everybody was offering pussy to Chakotay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really like... Do you crave anything else? It was weird enough when the old lady cougar said it. Then when the little 12-year-old said it, I was like, I am not comfortable. It's like, you should have chosen any other... Any fucking other word. Any other synonym for anything want, else. fellas. Oh, desire would be pretty bad, too. Yeah, but I just got something. Require would have been fine. There we go. Blech. And even though it was actually just part of the whole scheme, I did like, though, that they were like, look, you've got to put this on. You kind of stand out in your bright red ass uniform. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay. If it's a chance to me, could be naked briefly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. I hope, uh, I hope we finally meet him in Prodigy. That, that does not come up. It's for kids, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> look away, children. I have to make first contact. What are you doing? I said look away. Yikes. Woof. <laughs> Yikes and mm. woof. I forgot that we were going to see Chakotay in Prodigy. That makes me excited I mean, maybe. All over again. He's been mentioned. We don't know if we'll see him proper. Maybe he's being brainwashed again. <laughs> he is, he, he's stranded on a planet. He has built so many, many yeah. tubs. I hope he's... <laughs> I hope he's ch- okay. <laughs> well, in this one, he's I apparently Chakote. You noticed that. Oh, I hated it. That the, was the that little was... guy in the village, like, insisted on pronouncing the ch as sh. Chakote. Oh, weird. Yeah, I didn't notice it either, but when she pointed it out, I couldn't unhear it. Why does this man keep calling him Chakote? A chocolatey enough. <laughs> chocolatey. What's next? Anything else? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't believe so. Yeah, no, I think uh, we were really focused for once. Look at us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ruin it by drawing attention to it. Let's just move on. No, nope, already already in my mouth. Oh, no. Oh, gross. <laughs> sorry, that's that's a, that's an old amism. Next up. <laughs> Do, oh, sorry. That's an old inside joke that yeah. everybody that listens to this podcast will totally appreciate. Yeah. Next up in Revulsion, we meet a dead guy. And he's dragged away by some guy badly cosplaying Data. And then he starts to flicker. And we're like, oh, he's like a Data hologram. And he sends out a distress call being all like, I'm a hologram on this ship. And my crew's dead because of an accident. A disease. Yep. And then cut to the Voyager where we're having the Dean Martin roast of Tuvok because he's (laughs) being promoted to lieutenant commander. And some talk is happening, it doesn't matter. And then it's like, Captain, there's a message, bring the doctor for some reason. And rather than go, is there a medical emergency, she just goes, okay. Don't, don't forget Sorry. all the making out Torres and Paris do. Oh, oh, I did forget about that. Yeah, they meet in the hall and kiss, because like I said, it's, face. it's three days since re- uh, Revulsion, since Day of Honor, and they apparently haven't talked about the whole dying love confession thing. It's 
It's like, um, remember when you said that you loved me? I mean, I'm sure you didn't mean it. Oh, no, I did. But, but you know, you don't have to. Yeah. It was like high schoolers. It was weird. Um, check, so yeah. check yes, Shakar. <laughs> <laughs> that, nope, nailed it. So oh, this is what happens when I rewatch Deep Space Nine. I can finally make relevant com- comments about Deep Space Nine. One series too late. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we go to the bridge and they're all listening to the message. And the doctor's like, I'll lead an away team. And Jane was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he convinces her, though, to like, let, let me go. I want to be another hologram. I want to help my friend. Yeah. So him and Balana take a shuttle to see what's going on on this ship. And they meet. What is it? Dejarin. Dejarin, uh, who, yeah, you know, again, he's a hologram, and he's all like, oh, yeah, a uh, uh, virus uh, killed all the crew. Yeah, virus. Uh, and Balana's like, okay, well, I'll help clean and fix things, and, uh, you know, where's your reaction? Like, oh, no, don't go to the reactor. Uh, large, large leak. Uh, radiation everywhere. Uh, how are you? Um, <laughs> and... Thank you. Uh, so... They're, uh, you know, Balan is helping repair things, and the doctor's chilling with Dejarin, and, uh, you know... He went to Dejarin. Dejarin is really <laughs> impressed by the doctor's relative freedom as compared to his, the fact that he's treated like an equal by the crew, where it sounds like the crew maybe treated Dejarin kind of shitty. He brings Balana, uh, Dejarin brings Balana some lunch, we introduce Chekhov's cable... And also the fact that he's maybe a little kind of completely insane. You oh, nibbled thoroughly. like a fish. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, nibbled like a fish. I forgot about that. He I'm going to take fish. that as a compliment. You he does. You motherfucker. He makes himself a hollow fish, even, I like which the is fish. important later. So, yeah. Everybody likes the fish. Balana goes to the doctor and is like, hey, so your new buzzy buddy is Fish Island's fucking crazy. Call them Fish Island. Yeah, and the doctor's like, I don't know. I mean, you. Sounds like he was treated kind of bad. So yeah, he's a little resentful. And Balan's like, no, no, no. There's little resentful. And then there is, he wants to eat my skin. And he is the latter. He doesn't want to eat her skin. He would be disgusted no, by the true. suggestion. That's true. Feed it to uh, the fish. Yes. Ew. So the doctor's like, look, let me just talk to him and stuff. And Balan's like, fine, but I'm going to, you know, make like an emergency shutdown thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Eventually he does flip his lid. He goes full hollow, like shoves his hand into Balana's chest to crush her heart. Luckily, uh-huh. she managed to turn him off just in time. She's like, yeah, shut down all the hollow emitters. And the doctor's like, but wait, his pet fish is still here. And bum, he bum, bum. reappears, clunks Balana on the head, tries to kill the doctor. And the, but the bitch is about her bleeding everywhere. Well, like, listen, yeah. dude, shit. Unclean. But like, he's, uh, <laughs> doctor's like, yeah, no, we're both holograms, dummy. But then the other hologram's like, yeah, but you have a mobile emitter, dummy. And turns the doctor off. And then Bellana kills the hologram with Chekhov's cable. B-plot, Harry is sent to fix astrometrics with uh, Seven. He winds up with a boner. Tom, who has been put in charge of sickbay for the time being, is like, you just have the worst taste. Yeah. And then he's like, tries to have a work date. We all met she's Lippy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And he's like, she's like, oh, you want to Fuck. And he's like, wait, what? No, no. He's like, sure you do. All right, fine. And he's like, never mind. Never, never fucking mind. The end. Woof. Yeah, I didn't need any of that. I don't I don't understand why that was it. even a thing. Yeah. Other than uh, Berman wanted to make sure everyone knew, we're all aware Seven's hot. So it's in my, this episode. 
My problem is, problem is, is they've made an, another fucking incel character who's played by a minority actor. Yeah, I, I think his actions were less incel and just yeah. more awkward teenager. He's definitely too old to be acting like that still. Well. Again, though, you're dealing with someone who's, like, literally not been around people for a billion years, and she has no idea how the fuck to relationship. And she's also, like, very forward, too. Mm. Once she realizes that he's got a boner, she's like, oh, okay, want to do it? He's like... You'll be more efficient if you get this out of the way, Harry Kim. (laughs) So I have one really unimportant thing to moan about before we move on. Oh man, there's I no way Tom has the most medical experience of any. We have seen random blue shirts True. acting as nurses yep. in the background in the past. Even if they're not medical, but sciences, they have more recent medical experience than he does. Well, but also this is just a callback because remember when, when yeah. before Kess became a nurse, he they was literally the nurse. said the same shit then too. Yeah, it was, it's, it, I just, what? Yeah. Though Tom relishes having a desk, clearly. He's well, very happy there. It's also just, you know, a fact of production that if you need to have a backup doctor, it has to be a, a member character. of the main crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean, they have, like, rando number three. Where's Chell? We miss Chell. Mm, they just didn't have to do it at all, though, you know? They just, they just for some well, reason. Well, it was good that they did because Seven got her hand all broke this episode. That's true. And if, uh, if he hadn't been there. She probably would have bled out. I mean, yeah. honestly. There was a little, like, the B plot was mostly like, ugh, why? But the few little moments where she was like, oh, I'm not regenerating. This sucks. Yeah. Or, don't worry, I can, cr- I can grab an exposed wire and not go all Frank Grimes because of my metal hand. Mm. And uh, just have it, you know, oh, I could detach this more easily, but you took my stuff. Like, those were nice little moments, but it was sadly mostly about Harry being 17. Ugh. I was so mad. And it was immediately apparent. I was like, God damn it, is Harry Kim of a god damn- No! Yeah, apparently uh, Garrett Wong also gets like a lot of flack from fans and stuff oh, that are like, didn't write the that are like, why episodes? didn't you go for it? And he's like, because I didn't write the episode. What the fuck, guys? Come on! Ugh, why are people so stupid? I, mm. Why did you choose to swear so much in this show? <laughs> Legitimate criticism a play we saw got. Because apparently the actors just make up the lines as they go. But uh, the main plot... Oh, I have one um, more thing. I have one more thing about the B-plot. And that's that the, you know, telling Harry Kim to undress scene was one of the audition pieces for the role of Seven of Nine. And Jerry Ryan has basically said, if the audition had only been that scene and I hadn't seen that there's other stuff that this character does, I wouldn't have bothered auditioning. That is fair. She did deliver very well, though. Oh, yeah. But yeah, main, main plot. Uh, did anyone recognize our boy DeJaron? I wouldn't have if I didn't look him up. Yeah, like I didn't. I, I was like, this guy's familiar. But it wasn't until I looked him up that I realized he has been. He was a flaky boy. Yep, in yep. DS9. One, of, one of Henique's Gross. bonded men. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you didn't say that. I forgot he was one of them specific that specifically. I just saw he was a flaky boy and moved on. Because he was also that Romulan changeling. That, yeah, Lovak. Thank you, who helped... Tain. Uh, ...befuddle Anabrin Tain and ruin his day. Womp womp. Whoopsie. And we're going to see him once more in Enterprise, apparently. Oh, fun. Good for mm. him. No, he was really, he was really good he's in this. He's great. 
I, I, I'm so troubled by this episode because it could have been so much better. For many reasons. Okay, reason one. The very first scene. We see the crewman. He's bleeding mm. everywhere. Dejarin yeah. is dragging him away. And the second he says everyone died of disease, you know mm. in the fucking teaser... He is lying, and yeah. don't let well, that be a reveal later, son of a bitch. Unless it was Ebola. That comes out of your eyes, not the back of your head. It comes out of all your orifices. Well, the well, back of your he head say, doesn't have an orifice. Didn't he say in the distress call that there was an accident? Yes, actually, he did. But when so. he talked to Voyager, he said it was a disease or something, didn't he? Am I nuts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's... He couldn't get his story straight. Was an accidental disease. And that's, that's, yeah, but they didn't see the teaser. Well, that's more to Aim's <laughs> point, though. Like, if we hadn't had the teaser, and we see, oh, in the distress call, he says an accident, but now he's saying it's a virus. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. It could have been a fun, like... Again, maybe if you don't notice, you're like, later on, you're like, oh, shit. Or you notice right away, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, wait well, a be, minute. Let's be real, I didn't notice. I don't know. I think it was pretty clear when he was dragging the dead body away and scrubbing the blood that uh, yeah no he that he was he wasn't scrubbing the blood he was just spreading yes yes he was he was doing a bad job for someone who likes it clean he's really bad at it guys i mean for that matter i feel like we also didn't need the when when um torres and doctor first beam over and he's looming in the shadow holding up a hammer or some shit to club somebody with and i feel like they telegraphed way too early that something was going to be creepy with this guy and it would have been a more interesting build. I think yeah. it would have been interesting if the story was that they had been attacked and boarded. Yeah, because then you could believe that Dejarin's be, ship or Yeah, Dejarin's okay. ship. But like he was like I had to hide because we were we were boarded and they murdered all the crew. But then we wouldn't have the the big reveal of the dead bodies in the in the basement, mm. Mm. which was fucking horrific, by the yeah. way. Yeah, even though it was coming, it was like, oh, that one seems particularly weird. I did. I mean, I like the guy. You know, his his freakouts were performed well, and mm-hmm. even when he was trying to be normal, there was definitely a layer of something's off with this guy. He's very twitchy. So I forget if it was while we were recording or not, but I did mention The Shining earlier, and uh, it's kind of like. Um, oh yeah, here's here's Jakey. <laughs> Part of the, re- yes, part of the reason, uh, what's his name? Stephen King objected to Jack Nicholson's casting in The Shining was he felt like it just gave away the fact that the character was going to lose his mind. Because Jack Nicholson is just so good at losing his mind or what? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's like, it's Jack Nicholson, of course he's going to go nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like, he, his, probably his most famous role prior to that was Cuckoo's Joker. Yeah, we'll oh, Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> yeah, no, Joker would be like 20 Wait, years later. Okay, I have yeah. no, I have zero 15, sense of time, whatever. so. Jeez, Ames, why do you always have to bring this show back to Batman? I don't know, guys. <laughs> wow, it really was. It was your fault this time. So speaking of Batman. No! I know, I'm just kidding. I kidding. But I did, I also mentioned, though, one thing that did kind of, I find, found weird was that they did sort of give him Data's skin. Yeah. Which was I, a weird, distracting choice. And I thought, I was wondering, like, oh, I wonder if Maybe originally he was supposed to be an android, and then they changed it to a hologram, but that wouldn't make sense. But even that would have been a weird choice, just because, yeah. like, why yeah. why make him look like an artificial Un- being we've already seen? Yeah, unless Maybe. the people, and we only get to see the people, you know, as their corpses, unless they look like that, and they just made him in their image, but they look no, like just normal people, so. Yeah, they, they don't have the weird skin. And also, what was doubly bad about it was it didn't go all the way down to his shirt. Oh, no. Like, the makeup stops... It just, it doesn't stop dead at the bottom of his neck, but it kind of dissipates. It was like, guys, you couldn't have either put more makeup or given him a higher collar, like pick one. Mm. 
Maybe both just to be safe. Yeah, like that was distracting too. Like, so do we think that they just had like a bunch of data makeup like left over hanging maybe. around or? Maybe. I'm guessing the, whoever was directing the episode said to the makeup people like, oh, he's a, he's an artificial life form. So make him look kind of not right. And they're like, huh, artificial life form. I've done that before. <laughs> Give me the Ben Nye to the tub of Ben Nye juice. Do you have any yellow contact lenses still? <laughs> yeah, so I saw an argument because, you know, the, the Bajoran character, great at being a cuckoo bird. And mm-hmm. there's a, an argument that I saw from a reviewer who basically said, I wonder if the, the organics who were so bad to him also, like, abused him in, in a sexual or in a like a psychological way and they likened it to like how they treat gigolo joe in ai as a what they do to this non-person as a way that they because they don't uh, see him as a sentient being and Mm. what does that do to his character and this this episode doesn't really go into any of that there's like literally one line where where dejarin says they treated me really badly. They abused me. And that's mm. and all he really says. But I feel like there's a lot that could have been mined in this character that would have made his hatred of organics something like really tangible. And yeah. I don't know if I like it the way it is or if I would have liked it better if we'd known more or or which. See, but I don't, I don't mind knowing less because at the end of the day, he's just a damaged person and regardless of how we got that way um i don't know i like the fact that yeah i I feel like more backstory wouldn't necessarily have added exactly yeah sometimes sometimes you you paint the picture too detailed that you're yeah that you miss what would have been like something you could have interpreted yourself one thing that was a little annoying for me was like they they've kind of like already completely erased kess from the show Mm. And that, like, the way the doctor's talking about when he was first activated, like, oh, this and that, you know, I didn't, at first, you know, I had to fight for the things I deserved. And it was like, yes, which at first you didn't even realize you deserved until someone told you. Yeah, and to be fair, like, Kess fought for him for some of these things. And Janeway even fought for him for some of these things. Like, Jane, when he says, like, oh, I had to fought for the right to turn off my, my process, Janeway offered that to him without him ever asking for it. Yeah, they they kind of retconned that a little, and it's like, guys, that's not how it was. Hold on. Also, he still doesn't... We just dropped the doctor getting a name thing, and now just yes, bring it so. up every so often just to remind us, but not actually build it to anything. I like your idea, though. What's that? What was my idea? Uh, name him after the fish. No, he could be Dr. Graham, since he's a hologram. Uh, oh, I like that one! Oh, that's brilliant, Caitlin! Um, oh, thanks. I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought it would have been nice if at the end of the episode he had the fish. Right? I kind of had the same thought. I don't know. Murder that's fish. a murder fish. That's, yeah, then like the fish starts <laughs> yeah. whispering to him. I was just going to say, <laughs> the, mur- the fish has been telling him to kill. That's the thing. He wasn't abused. They downloaded a virus, and the virus was the fish. Oh, my oh. God. He was fucking spyware, that fish. What a twist! Oh, God. Or, like, even if it wasn't that fish, if the doctor, like, decided to have a fish, a pet or something, you know, like some, like. Yeah, but Picard had a fish. 
Because this is mm. kind of the first being like himself that he's met. He just gets uh, himself a Neopet. Come on. Yeah, and it reminded me a lot of when Odo met um fuck. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that. What's his name? I keep on saying Loss? Lol. Lost. Oh, the other, yes. the other one that was sent out into yeah. the world. And it's, just, and it's the same thing, because, you know, Odo's like, oh, I, I like the solids. And he's like, the solids are fucking assholes. Let me kill some for you. Here you go. <laughs> like yeah. they do. Um, so you reminded me, reminded me very, very much of that episode. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a good com- comparison. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered to bring that up, because I had already forgotten that. <laughs> Because I thought the same thing during, and then we're just like, Murray like a suit. How was that? Although Lost was, again, he was just more of a, he was kind of smug about the solids, but yeah, more just like, let's just avoid them. I was a cow for a while. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Had a cow wife and everything. <laughs> I was a cow for a while, and man, I was delicious. Yeah, I, was I, think, a... I think the idea is that, like, I guess it didn't really make that much of an impact on Odo, but I feel like he learned stuff from he did. Lost. Yeah, uh, and it would have been interesting, I think, even though, you know, what's his face in this episode was a total nut job, you know, if the doctor had taken <laughs> something from To him. heart. Yeah. Well, what's cool, too, is, like, he could totally have had, like, an awesome hollow fish that just kind of floats through the air, doesn't even need to be, like, in a tank if he wanted. Mm. How neat would that be? You walk into, you walk into sickbay and there's the doctor's friggin' hollow fish just wiggling by your head. I feel yeah. like that would be kind of creepy. Nah, it sounds awesome. Okay. Just gotta make sure to turn them off when there's like actual emergencies, because we like kind of really fuck up the feeling of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Ten cc's of something are there stat fish wiggles by. Oh, maybe he named the fish stat. <laughs> oh, stat could have been his new nurse. Yeah. Give it one of those old tiny nurse hats. A little flip up front. <laughs> oh, what'd you guys think of the the hologram fight before they realized that they could just take out the uh, mobile emitter? Oh, that gave me a good chuckle. It was so yeah. cute. Because he, yeah, first he swipes with the doctor. The doctor like sighs and throws his briefcase through, and it's like, really, bitch. And then Dar Dar Dejaren's like, uh, you've got a vulnerable point, unlike me. Until until Bolana picks up some random wire thing. No, it was, it was, no, uh, no, it wasn't random. They, was they telegraphed cable. that shit. Yeah, the telegraphing was good. That was a good use of telegraphing, although, uh, unlike some of the early moments in this episode where, in which Dejaran was just clearly nutcase. Yeah, but yeah, when he, when he like almost stepped in, he's like, watch out, that could destabilize. I was like, and there is Chekhov's cable. Good he for Taurus. That. I, can, I can confirm that. Yeah, yeah, good for her. Good for her surviving, fucking having her ventricle punctured well, by a, a like, Klingon. Body. She's got like 12 ventricles, probably. But how fucking terrifying is that, that like... Oh, yeah. Uh, holograms apparently can just reach inside of you and crush your organs. Makes sense. Seriously. You walk through like, that wall. <clears throat> that's a whole extra layer of the doctor they all need to worry about now. Well, why doesn't the doctor just perform surgery that way? That seems way better well, than see that anybody open. The issue there, though, is that you need some fine, delicate work and... Sausage yeah. fingers. But he can make his fingers in, into anything he wants. Yeah, he can make them into little Edward Scissorhand things. Edward I mean, scalpel hands. Ah. Here's the thing, though. They, they so rarely actually have to go in there anymore. So much of surgery is just magic rays they wave at people. Yeah. There you go. Your open heart surgery is successful. Yeah. But yes, again, that, that is definitely not utilizing him to his fullest. Yeah, Torres was doing her normal badass stuff, but I kept, I kept, yep. I kept thinking like, where? So they weren't 
in communication with the Voyager because the Voyager was doing something else, question well, no, marks. They, there was a dampening field. Okay, there was a dampening field. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Why only send Torres and Doctor and not anyone else? I mean, there's no good reason for them to send a shuttle as opposed to the whole ship, except then it made the story easier to tell. Yeah. Exactly. That's really all it is, unfortunately. Rats. Like, they didn't even come up with some kind of excuse, like, oh, we really, really want to look at this nebula like they've so, done before. Somebody needs to hang out here and make sure that Harry doesn't act on his weird seven of nine boner. Someone has got to get in the finny tube. Why? <laughs> Plot. <laughs> Reasons. <laughs> Uh, Finny too. Yeah, so we also get moving moving forward of the Tom and Bellana relationship. And here's the mm. thing. I like their characters together. I think they've got chemistry like, whoa, I think Dawson and McNeil are adorable. I think every scene of them trying to have a relationship is written by a two-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they are bad. And they're so frequently just, quote-unquote, comedy interrupted. Yeah, like the doctor's in the back. Okay, the doctor in the background saying, you both have boners, go fuck, that, please, that and get out of my sick bay. That was yeah, a good no, one. But fine. otherwise, like, they go into the hallway to have a very deep conversation about relationships. Yeah. In view of a whole party happening. Guys, go somewhere private. God mm. damn it. There's so you many nooks and crannies on this show. You literally both have quarters. <laughs> you literally both have boners. Go deal with it. <laughs> Speaking of the party, though, uh, Tuvok actually, like, kind of making some jokes. Good for him. What was the joke? Chilling out a little. Fuck, you noticed the first one. Well, he basically was saying, like, you know, I've gained a lot of respect for yeah. a lot of you, and some of you I've just learned to tolerate looks at Paris and Kim, <laughs> because they were like, ha live long and prosper. <laughs> and then he's all live long and prosper, and it's like, look at you, and he kind of smirked a little. I was like, see, stuck in... Uh, shit, I've forgotten his real name. Tim Russ. Thank you, I love Tim him. Russ gets it. Vulcans have emotions. They just don't show them. Yeah, he is he is so good at that because I also know like Tim Russ as a person was would be more likely to be doing pranking on the show than anybody else. <laughs> Wonderful. Because he's just hilarious and he sings songs and he like jokes around all the time and he kind of brings that in the Vulcan lens in a way that works mm. and he's just excellent. Yeah, no, he really is. Do we have anything else on this we want no, to say? No, I was going to try to find a good segue into our blogtivity. Oh, uh, uh, wait, the, the ship. The, the guy's ship had a funny little back window, which was interesting. We're not talking Speaking about it, Speaking of so. ships. Jesus Christ. Ba worst one yet. Excellent. No, <laughs> Batman. Yikes. <laughs> all right, so what I'm doing, folks, is ignoring all of that. Uh, and we're moving best. on to our blogtivity for this week. Y'all re will remember that last week uh, we talk started talking about ship design and ship aesthetics and just general fun shippy stuff. This week we're continuing forward because there's lots of lots of Starfleet ships to talk about. So we're doing more of them. There's going to be a lot of us talking about visuals. So you can make sure that you're checking up with them on our Tumblr page. All the pictures that we're looking at are there. Or, you know, just go find the ships of your own. You probably have models of them. Get them now before Eagle Moss is, get, is absolutely dead. May have happened already. Not sure where, the, where in the timeline this is coming out. I know. Rip Eagle Moss. We have. Wait, wait, at least they, we have going this. out of business? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. It's yeah. the it worst like timing because I'm referring to so many Eagle Moss kits in our in our well, discussion. On the other hand, it's the best time because you listeners can save lots of money on their closeout sale, probably. 
I don't know. I don't even know. Someone said, like, posted a, a screenshot of trying to go through the Eagle Moss, bleh, Eagle Moss website and buy something, and there was just a big error screen. Wow. Oh, my they God. They shut down fast. Why? Uh, they went bankrupt. I don't know. That sucks. Which is a shame, because now they have all new, like, Star Trek ships to talk about. Seriously. Uh, but we're going to talk about some Starship ships. Starship Shreks. Woof. Very tired. Yep, we're going to talk about those. We're talking about Star Trek ships uh, that we've seen before, starting with uh, the USS Enterprise E, uh, which is Sovereign class. It's a big honking motherfucker. Mm -hmm. It's pointy. I like that. Yeah, it's got some pointies. It's got a kind of like almost like a more a spoon shape saucer. And Mm -hmm. the the. And the cells are very shiny, and I think they're uh, they're connected with a nice angle that makes them look very streamlined. Yep, they they almost didn't do that. Why not? Uh, oh, they were originally so going to have the struts go the other direction. They oh, were, gross. but the uh, luckily, you know, they they showed that design to like you know one of the producers or something, Someone and they were sense. like, "It looks like a trussed up turkey." Yep, yep. I've seen that so picture. It looks them, like a turkey. Yep. It does, and they swept them back, and we're like, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a ship shape. Yeah, it's also, I don't know, I like that it doesn't have a, a goofy neck. The first yeah, time. finally getting rid of the neck oh, yeah. issue. Kind of. I mean, the Voyager did it first, but yeah. this is building on that. This is a good um, continuation of that look. Yeah, she looks a little weird from head on. How dare you, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> like, that, you know, that's the thing. Is like, like this very one here? Few, yeah, yeah, like the head-on shot, you're just like, that is bulbous in a weird way. But a lot of these designs, you know, there's certain angles that just, they don't work from. Yeah, the profile shape of it is very pretty and sleek. Yeah, like most of the angles work really well, but head-on, it's like, eh, not, not ideal. Like the old, the Constitution class looks better from straight That's on true, it does. than this does. But I think, again, all these designs, there's just certain angles that aren't going to work, which is just reality, you know? Jake requested that I include the Phoenix because yes. that's something that we saw in the TNG movies. It's true. And it. yeah, it's, they do a nice job making a nuclear missile into a ship. Yeah. It looks like a lightsaber. A little bit from this angle. Yeah, I can see it. But like with like blade guards. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What color would its light be? Uh, uh, depends on what division it's in. Mm. Eh. Yeah. I don't know. I like this one. I like that, you know, we see... I feel like when when watching the movie for the very first time in the theater and the and the nacelles fold out. Mm. Yeah. It's like a it was like a real hero moment. Mm-hmm. It's a little it's fan like, wank it, moment of yeah, we recognize like, nacelles. Because you're like, oh it's a oh it's a missile, it's shaped like a missile, and then you're like, Yeah, 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 and then oh my god, it's got a fucking fun. It's like Star Trek. <laughs> well what it, what's nice about it is it's like it's kind of fan wanky, but on the right side of the line. Yeah. yeah. Well, also hearkening back to the early days of, um, you know, uh, rocket flight where it's like, you know, there's stages, things drop off, things pop off, things move into place. Like, it works just yeah. right. And it's the nice kind of stepping stone between, like, the, the kinds of ships that we would see today, really, yeah. and the kinds of ships that you see in the future. Like, this is where the nacelles came from. They used it on this ship, and that's why they use them all the time. Yeah. You see a little Zephram Cochran in there hanging out. Yes. Yeah. I still don't know how they landed that fucking thing at the end. How did it fucking land? Um, Parachute. Upright, like the SpaceX ones, maybe. There we go. Yeah. 
All right, so that was the other TNG movie uh, uh, ships that I wanted to share. Let's move on to some Deep Space Nine ships. Not too many. We're going to look at the the Runabout, which is uh, Danube-class Runabout, which also Jake requested that I include. And why did you include? Because I know at some point we're going to talk shuttle, shuttlecrafts, but you said let's not include this in the shuttlecraft uh, conversation, and I forget why. Because it's not a shuttlecraft. It's a, it's a ship. It's got its own registry number. Yeah. Don't the shuttles have registry numbers? No, they're they're tied. My my distinction would be: Are do they have their own registry? Are they the own their own commissioned ship, or are they like tender ships for a larger vessel? Oh, like yeah. a captain's yacht. Yeah. Okay, so captain's yacht would go in a shuttlecraft conversation. That would, with this, that would be in the shuttle. Got it. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, shuttles usually have their ship's designation and then a number. Yeah. Oh. And like you know. They're ca- if you look at like the markings on a shuttle, it'll be like USS Enterprise Galileo. Galileo is the name of the shuttle, but it, the shuttle is part of the, the Enterprise's complement. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, these guys are just assigned to Deep Space Nine, not, not assigned to a starship. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, the, the, they could be. I mean, like the Enterprise D yeah. had, had one. At oh, least. my God. Yeah. But they, they're also just significantly larger. They're meant, they can be used for longer term missions. They have warp. Which they shuttles have. don't. Yeah, well, depending on the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're more like, almost like a small yacht than a shuttle, if we had to make a distinction. Oh, there's the captain's yacht. <laughs> yes. But again, captain's yacht, part of the complement. Of- God damn it, this has gotten confusing. Uh, anyway, we're talking... A, it's, it's, it's a difference between being its own independent vessel yeah. and being something that is, is tied to a larger vessel yeah you could reassign a runabout you can't reassign a captain's yacht because it <laughs> slots into that thing under the sh- saucer okay meanwhile looking at the anube class yeah it looks kind of like a minivan with mm-hmm. uh with nacelles yeah yeah it's very utilitarian looking which is appropriate yeah mm. some of them have the little rolly bar on top kind of thing some of them don't yep they call it on this on this graph they call it the mission specific pod mm. Mm. There you go. It's like one of those, one of those uh, tooly things that you put on top of your minivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're just highly practical, boxy things. Yep. Like a like an RV in space. Yeah, yeah. Cute. And they do mm-hmm. have some firepower. Yes, that's true. That feels like paper airplanes. Hmm. I feel like I could just grab it and throw it, and it would go. Hmm. Fair. Fair. All right. So that's Danube class. Let's let's look at the Defiant, the big. Tough little ship that we all remember from Deep Space Nine. Uh, Cisco's hot Which rod. One? Yeah. Looks like a Super Nintendo controller, like, plug-in. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks the most different of things in Starfleet, because everything yeah. else have, have very noticeable nacelles. Yeah. Meanwhile, this thing, the nacelles are kind of underneath this little encasement. Yep. Just kind of stuck on there, yeah. Yeah. So it's got but its they... own, like, very compact shape. Yeah, still the suggestion of a saucer, a little bit. You know, they haven't completely abandoned Starfleet uh, touches, for lack of a better term. Mm. How does this compare in size to the um, the Grissom? That's a good question. Or whatever. Can't, why can't I remember the class name for this? Oberth. Oberth, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, there is a, there is a size scale chart of all the ships in the. Um... Shipyards books that I have. I could show you guys later. Maybe I'll find them on uh, 
on our Tumblr page, which you guys can all look at, obviously. Ooh. Yeah, because one thing is, I mean, we know it's a very small ship. Yeah. But the scale of it is not immediately evident. No, that's true. Because there's not really any windows on it, unlike other ships. No, that's true. I really thought of that very, uh, very submarine-y. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, in that it's a, it's a space submarine. Hmm. Overall, I like it, but the nose does kind of remind me of a dust buster. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that intended to be a docking feature, or is that... It says it's a. it's got the deflector array on it, that there's but a it... detachable warhead. Oh. But they do, I do remember, like, you look at the opening of DS9, that does seem to be how it docks to the station. Yeah. So it's, it's both, I guess? I wonder oh, if yeah. maybe it opens up and you can yeah. climb on through it and... There is like a little kind of notch in the bottom. Maybe that's where the door is. Maybe. Which makes sense. It's, you know, it's a very compact ship. Not a lot of room. You gotta, you gotta kind of put stuff together you normally wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks, it looks heavy. It looks like it's just solid and heavy. While most Mm. of the other ships look like they're, you know, meant for lots of people to be walking hallways in. Yeah. This one's dense. Yeah, it's, it's one of the few, like, ships they've shown in Star Trek that is like, Purpose made for war. Yeah. If you tried to bite this one, you wouldn't be able to bite all the way through it. Well, if you tried to bite another ship, you just chunk off, uh, uh, bite off a chunk. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Like, like an ice cream bar. Yum. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the ships either. that we've seen so far in Voyager and then some other ships that are upcoming in Voyager. Ooh. Uh, the first that we saw in the in Caretaker was this Maquis Raider that Chakotay was flying around in, the Valjean. <laughs> yeah, you definitely get the impression looking at this thing that the Maquis just kind of took other ships and crammed them together. I, I don't know why, but like I'm getting whale vibes off of it. Not from these <laughs> angles, but from the front. Like a like, whale? I, I think because, like, the, just the, I don't know. It's something about the, like, just the front end. It reminds me of, like, a humpback's face. Wow, like, a, like with the baleen? Maybe, I don't know what it is. I think it just looks like a weird airplane, but not like a real airplane, like a fighter jet from, like, a 1980s or 1990s, like, futuristic shooter top-down mm. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has fighter jet vibes with its little yeah. wings. Yeah, and it's like, you got fucking ailerons at the back. Pew, 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 pew. It does sort of feel like generic sci-fi ship and not yeah. a Star Trek ship. A little um, bit, but also I think it makes sense that it, that's why it's a Maquis ship. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I guess, um, and that the thing is a lot of these sort of Non sort of like hero species extra ships have that kind of generic sci-fi feel, and this yeah, just this, this looks like it would be at home in Star Wars potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like again, like a, a low budget eighty, you know, one of those million sci-fi movies that came out in the eighties, trying to capitalize on Star Wars success. Even just like you right. could stick this in space in almost any franchise, and you go, yeah, it probably works. See, I think it looks too fresh and clean to be a Star Wars ship. Well, in the, you know, in Star Wars, they'd add some scoring and beat it up a little, but... Fly it into a caretaker array. Yeah. What's more uh, familiar, however, is the Voyager, oh! the Intrepid-class ship that we've been palling around with through mm-hmm. the Delta Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, it seems... You know, I mean, it happened. It was the real timeline, but also just it does feel like a step between Galaxy Class and Sovereign Class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's got the spoon shape. 
Yeah, to go over to the neck, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's that sort of gray. It's a little less sleek. It's a little chunkier, you know, but it, so it, it, it feels like a logical progression between the two. Yeah, yeah, there's no neck. It looks top-heavy as fuck like the Galaxy class does. Yeah. And it lands on a planet, but apparently, you know, you know what it is? It's that the warp core is just so heavy, and that's how it keeps from tipping on its face when it lands. Well, you gotta understand, every pound of dilithium weighs a thousand pounds. I've heard that. <laughs> but it does, yeah, once someone pointed out, though, that, like, from the front... The torpedo arrays and the deflectors just make this little happy face. Aww. <laughs> oh, they sure do. And you can't unsee it. And it's and it, and like, especially in the angle we've got here, like it, it almost looks like Toad. That was, that's what I was just thinking. It's like a happy little mushroom person. Mm. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> She's the chipperest chip in space. Yeah, I also do love that her, her little nacelles do a little flappy when they want to go mm. to warp or something. Yeah. I think that's a nice little touch because it's something different. It's something that's that's dynamic about the ship because it actually moves in a way engineering nightmare though i'd imagine Hmm. yeah i don't don't know if we how much we've talked about it but there's got to be some in-universe explanation i think we mentioned it at the time that like allegedly they they never got actually brought it up in the show but apparently the idea was it somehow mitigated the going past warp five issue yeah i think yeah i think we might have talked about that too that but like, I, I don't think it ever actually came up in the show so they're, what's uh, the issue what's the issue with going past remember warp five? from tng like that TNG terrible episode, episode. Oh, yeah the speed limit yeah which like they actually mentioned a few more times in tng which i was surprised by but it never came up outside of TNG. Okay. It, it only came up in the set, in the context of, oh, you are temporarily authorized to exceed the speed limit. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit silly. Yeah, we we gave ourselves this rule that hamstrung us, and then we, we have to find reasons to break it all the time. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, cool. the Voyager's a little silly because it's just so... Cute? Yeah, it's just very cute. It's like the Oberth and how cute they are. I, mean, I, I find the Oberts adorable. She's meant to be a short-range scout ship, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it kind of makes sense. She's got feminine lines. <laughs> she's she's not she's not a big chunky man ship. She's a oh. she's a sleek girl ship. All ships, at least on Earth, are she. Well, this one is is more she than others. All right, a couple other Voyager ships I wanted to make sure we brought up. Uh, this one we saw a couple. The last season uh, in Future's yep. End, the Eon, which is a, a future ship from the future, and kinda, it's adorably small. She kind of looks like a uh, Tholian ship. A little bit, yeah, because very it's just a little wedge. Yeah. She's just a small potato chip of a ship. <laughs> with oh, with, with ridges. Kinda, tilt your head, she's sort of a Delta, too. Yeah, oh, no. So maybe they were kind of going for that. If so, well, you know, well done. At least they didn't like draw it all over the ship. No, no. They no. have they have some sense of class. <laughs> but not not the greatest looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, she's fine. It does what it needs. Yeah, it's kind of like the flying wing. Um, a little bit. Flying wing. Yeah, like the stealth fighter. What is that from? The real world, the, the United States. Oh, that's an actual the, thing the, that exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the B two. Oh. <laughs> Which was loosely based off an earlier attempt to make a flying wing in like the 40s or 50s, but basically without a lot of computer assistance, it crashes easily. Oh no! Yeah, it's why it kind of took a while before they made one successfully. 
Okay, so the next couple of ships are going to be ships we okay. haven't seen yet. This one, however, we're going to see next week because this is the Raven. Caw! Ravens uh, don't caw. Clearly, caw! Desi- clearly designed by the same people that designed the runabout. Yeah, it's yeah, very boxy. That. It's a just a bigger runabout. It's like a tricorder. A yeah, I think it is kind of a bigger runabout. Is it's, it a cargo ship or something? Uh, I, I think it was a science vessel. Oh, yeah, N-A-R. What does N-A-R mean? I don't know. Because it's, it's not it's not Starfleet. No. Well, we're going to see it it's next an... week. So we'll be able to tell more about the context next week. But yeah, I think the the it says even in the descriptions in the shipyards book, it's very similar to the Danube Danube class runabouts, yeah. except bigger. Yeah. Mm. And I imagine, Jake, to your point, like like this one was used for science, but I bet it was one of those, um, you know, you buy it and then kit it out to your purpose because it totally looks like it could be a cargo ship just yeah. as easily. Like, you either you leave that big back end for cargo or you stick in a bunch of sensor suites or she get junk in the trunk. Just That's a big you, ball pit. A huge freezer and it's an ice cream ship. <gasps> Ooh, I want to visit this ship. That, 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 that'd be good in an episode. Like, Captain, we are receiving a transmission. Do, Play do, it. Do, 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 <gasps> it's the ice cream <laughs> ship. Pull up alongside. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it's yeah. It's probably only about d- twice the size of a runabout, though. It's not. It's not that much bigger. Well, I hope they have enough ice cream for everybody. Yeah, cells. I don't know why. They're just you know they're fun, a little different than we're used to seeing. Nice. Cool. Okay, we're gonna jump. Okay, so this is the stuff that we really haven't seen yet. We'll uh, see these in the future. Uh. In the future in Voyager, this is the USS Prometheus, which is just a. Do-it-yourself kit out of a ship. Well, it's, yeah. a mul- it's got the multi-vector attack mode. It is tell me, tell me about that, because we haven't gotten to it yet, and it's a so, ship that comes apart and all of its pieces can attack yeah, you. Ide- it's, it's ridiculous. The idea <laughs> is that it's a three-piece suit of a ship, and when you're in battle, you can separate into three independent ships. Yep. Most of which I, have have warp, or all of which have warp. I think two. I think the two do because because I got, see this one has nacelles. The yeah, middle one the and the quad, bottom one have nacelles. It's got the quad nacelle look, yeah. um, which you know how I feel about that. But at least in this case, it kind of makes sense because evidently it's got two warp drives. One one in, in t- you know there's two parts of the ship have warp drives. Mm. And then like the saucer section, which is more like the arrowhead section, kind of just doesn't that's kind of like yeah. what they do when they saucer separate the a galaxy class i guess so just gotta leave it for dead but this ship is definitely meant for military applications. yeah yeah i i remember you know when seeing this episode as a teenager thinking it was super cool and now i'm just like this is dumb and extra yeah. Aww. Yeah. I, I, almost, I, as, almost as extra as e, EMH Mark II. I, I, I wait because I, I don't know when we're going to hit this episode. I'll, I'll hold my judgment on the what the ship is about until then. I think the look of it, yeah, it looks very military because it's got sharp angles. It looks she like it a, wants to wants to stab you. Like the Sovereign, which, you know, she shares some lines with terrible from the front. Mm. <laughs> Even worse, actually, just not good. You know what it is. You know what it is. It's the it's the butthole uh, deflector. What? <laughs> the but the deflector. It looks does like have a butthole. Looks, no, no, no. The deflector dish. On the, from the bottom front. right. 
from the oh, lower right. Oh, the deflector dish in the front. It looks like a little 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 butthole. We see that in other ships, though. I know the Enterprise E has one too. Oh no! Yeah, it's. I think it's one of these. Just the the, the saucer is so wide, but then the engineering section is so narrow, and it's just it doesn't work. Just show us your balloon knot, Starfleet. Oh yeah, God. I've never heard that. I'm so sorry to have caused that. What the <laughs> hell is that? All right. So the Ooh. next ship that we're going to look at comes from one of my favorite Voyager episodes. This is the USS Relativity. It is a ship from the fucking future like the Aeon was. I hate her. <gasps> Lies. Wow, I love her. She's got like a shark skin paint job. Yeah, I love that she's she kind of like green a, purple. She looks like a Klingon knife. There's that Klingon knife that kind of looks like that. No, you know what? I'm lying. She looks like one of those old knives that you would thrust into somebody, you pull back on the hilt, and it opens. Yeah, it's a Klingon knife. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, it's also a real knife, based in human history, as I recall. For murdering people, Matter? Yes. Yeah, cool. for murder. Oh, I don't like her. Oh, no, I, I like this one a lot, because the shape is just, like, bird-like. It looks very birdy. It's very I, organic. Yeah, I guess, let me rephrase it. I don't dislike it. I just like that they're pretending it's a Starfleet vessel. Well, it's a Starfleet vessel from, like, the 28th century or something. I so know, Does that mean but... we should be seeing them in Discovery? Uh, no, well, that, not yeah, this one. This one's special. I, I, no, it, no, no, I don't care that it's the, it's too, no, I don't like it. Damn, harsh Chris. Chris has spoken. Like, you want to tell me this is a Klingon ship? I'll buy it. A Romulan ship? Maybe. Some species we've never seen? Okie dokie. But, no. Oh, God, no. Man bridge. It looks like a bat. Maybe that's why I like it. Oh, it does kind of It's got like little bat. batty wings. Yeah. I, think I hope got, it'll... I think it kind of looks like a... It's got a little, like, skate or a... um. Or stingray sort of thing going on. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's also very flat. It's very flat. It's got like pointy wingies, a little, the, the, a little nose, a little pointy nose. Yeah, the weird pearlescent paint job. I like it. That's anti. That's anti uh, chroniton plating. Mm. It prevents chroniton buildup. Probably. Hmm. That sounds right. I wouldn't doubt it. Now, we'll see this one in the future. I also think it looks a little kind of like the Voth ship that we saw the other week. Mm, although, like, a million times smaller. No, no, the, the little Voth ship, not the big oh, one. Oh, the little Voth ship. I don't yeah. remember the little one too well, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. It had a it had a sleeky little little shape with, like, what looked like little bat wings. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, we're going to move forward. Okay, we're going to need to see, at some point, the USS Equinox... Which is another little baby ship. Another ship we see in Voyager that is. Look how cute he is. That is Nova class. Why is he so cute, Jake? I don't know. Just look how small he is. Yeah, no, they are they are crazy tiny. I think they're baby ship. I think they're smaller than Voyager, if I remember right. He's smaller than the Defiant. Look at him. Aww. Aww, he's real teeny tiny. He's got like four decks. I like that he's got like almost the Millennium Falcon kind of notch at the front. (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird little saucer. It's almost like Mm. a rounded triangle. Yeah, like a little like arrowhead. Like the Voyager, it's got the double uh, the double deflector thing going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it that's, does. That's a whole new design thing they're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a secondary navigational deflector and the primary navigational deflector. Yeah, but deflector. they have that on Voyager, too, so. Huh. Uh, little, little wings on the nacelles. She's all right. Looks a, little, looks a little funny from the side, but in a way I can appreciate. 
Yeah, it looks a little stubby. Like, yeah. the, like the saucer <laughs> section should be a little longer. Yeah, but it's too right. small. She's, she's like a beluga. She could just lose a little weight in her midsection. It's no, okay. she's she's perfect, like a beluga. Oh, all right, all right. I love I love that you're bringing up a lot of whale imagery because oh, I assume I've posted this by now. When when we record ahead of time, and I have blog posts on the in the kicker, um, we're going to talk about Shark Week in the past, in the future, both at the same time. We're on the <laughs> USS Relativity now. But no, I, I have a blog post up that I'll make sure to have shared and share again and share as many times as I can, comparing the ships to different types of shark. That's amazing. Sharks. Okay, and then we're just going to look at a couple Enterprise ships. These ones we haven't it's seen yet. It's been a long time. Yep. Road. Whatever. It's been a long <laughs> ship. And here's the ship, the Enterprise that we see in Enterprise, the NXL-1. I like it. Oh, I love her. Oh, yeah. I think this is probably ship. one of my, if not my favorite Enterprise, at least for consideration as my favorite Enterprise. She looks like a casserole dish. <laughs> what? Or that. I don't see it. Or like a Dutch oven. Kind of. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, or like at least like the the handle or like the thing you uh, that goes on top of the instant pot and then you have to turn to lock. Yes, yeah, that it's thing. like that exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the part I'm yeah. talking about. Yes, but you know she you know feels very you know, sort of well, again she's small feels a bit like we're 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 figuring out what we're doing here. Yeah, I like that uh, it's just the saucer and the cells yeah. and there's no no need for a body on this one at all because we're we're, we're streamlining everything because we don't know what the fuck we're doing yet. Yeah, this Round is all we windows. need. Round windows, unlike later Starfleet ships. Mm. Huh. They actually had to or redesign. Like they, yeah, they, that's what they were going for. And they had to redesign some of the sets because they hadn't mentioned that the windows were round, actually. see. I like, um, you know, similar to the uh, Reliant, you know, they got the, the they went with the nacelles above, on, you know, whereas mm. on the Reliant, they went for below. Yeah, I think, I think here it works above. Pretty yeah, well. I think, so. I think so too. I also think it works because it makes the ship very flat. And I feel yeah. like in the beginning, when you're still figuring out warp, you want as little surface area slowing you down as possible. So you want to make yourself into a little, like, flat line. Yeah. It's less warp bubble to make. Yep, mm. yep. I don't know. I think it's a great ship. I think it would look great on a necklace. That's true. Yeah. I don't remember which shark you assigned this ship to in your blog post, but I hope it was a Mako. <gasps> yeah, I see what you did there. I think I already did, so you'll have to ch go check it out on our blog, because that's, that's a great joke. <laughs> All right, other things we see in Enterprise, and again, I haven't seen much of Enterprise, so I don't have a lot of context for these, but I know... Got, it looks like it's got a sidecar or something. Yeah, so this is the NX Alpha which came before, I guess there's a flashbacky kind of a thing, yeah. uh, came before the NX-01 that we just looked at. So this is the earlier version, the NX-Alpha. The NX-Beta, I'm told, is almost exactly the same, so we're just going to look at the Alpha. Yeah, well, they're basically just, they're just the same ship twice over. They're, they're basically just a slightly bigger purpose-built Phoenix. Yep, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's literally kind of... Phoenix plus more nacelle. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I feel like they were... Consciously designed to look like what was it the the X one or whatever the oh the, maybe the first uh, sound uh, yeah that's another actual real life ship yeah uh -huh. yeah it's an Earth ship um, plane plane yeah not a ship plane ship yeah, that that broke the sound but yeah it, it's just they're test beds for human made warp engines yeah and they're basically just a cockpit strapped to a giant fucking warp <laughs> warp engine yeah nice. they're again they're they're the phoenix if cochran had time and money and wasn't scrounging together parts yeah i like cool. that they're kind of finding the missing links 
yeah. between, you know, this ship and this ship. What would come between them? Well, obviously this one. They're like kind of finding the evolutionary pathway of how we get to different ships in the future. Yeah. And it's a good yeah. job. Meanwhile, you know, while the humans were struggling to construct these things, the Vulcans were making fun of us. The <laughs> yeah, time. they were. <laughs> they think they're building a ship. <laughs> yeah, the Vulcans are the worst in that show. <laughs> I look forward to it. All right, another ship in Enterprise that we'll see in the future is the Intrepid. Uh, I don't know if we learn what class it is. It might just be its own kind of a thing, but there's a ship called I, the Intrepid. Yeah, like, literally, it's just called the Intrepid type. Okay. Like, like Memory Alpha, Eagle Moss, no one gives it a class name. Okay. It's got a really, like, wide, narrow, kind of, like, peanut shell deflector dish. Yeah, well, actually, so does the Enterprise has. Yeah, that. the NX one. But this has one that just too. seemed. Oh, does it really? Okay, I'm no- yeah. I'm noticing it here because it's right in my face. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is much smaller though. Yeah, it it this is like something that came before the NX one. It's oh, so it's another missing link. Yeah, I, I want to say like in the show they establish it's basically mostly like Earth and the immediate surrounding area, like security oh. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I might be misremembering. It's got like a half saucer. Yeah, the half saucer is interesting because. It it's like a, just a big Ooh. half semi like a big semicircle and then the wow my brain my brain farted entirely what are they the the cells Jesus yeah. and then the, the the cells overlap into it yeah I, I always thought it would it would suck to have the room directly below the Boussard collector you just hear like mur, 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 all day well not just that you're trying to go to bed and there's just this bright red fucking light <laughs> beaming in into your sure circle you portal. Close the blinds, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but you never get to see the stars mm. from your room, you know? It's like, oh, great, I get the nacelle room. Kind of looks like a moth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a stingray. Yeah. And the, uh, you see the nacelles also have the little winglets on them, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, early jet aeronautics design worked into this. I think, like Jake said, very consciously. That's smart, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very streamlined, kind of cool. Okay, the last fucking thing we're going to look at today is the Enterprise J, which is from the 26th century. So it's basically what the Enterprise will look like, however many iterations after the current most recent Enterprise. And it's just what? Terrible. It's terrible. Pizza cutter. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it looks like a pizza. It's a pizza cutter. It's fucking flat. It's It's uh, horrible. It's profile looks ridiculous. It looks like a penis. They like made they like took a ship and they made it delta shaped and then slapped on like you or do you see what I mean? Like it's almost like it's got like a delta situation happening Is and they this? slapped on. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also like it's clearly meant to. It's on skis. Be reminiscent yeah. of the NX-1, but it's terrible. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see any NX-1. I, I just see. Well, just like it's just ran, a saucer. They ran over. A, an Enterprise with a steamroller. Well, because it's like, it's just the saucer, and then the, the cells are kind of above the saucer, and that's it. Like, yeah, I mean, like It's, it's like that scene in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> we only ever see this thing on, like, a computer screen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, any kind it's of model... very clear photo. ...is extrapolated from that. Um, but they've made models of it because oh, they yeah. saw it, so it does exist. It's hideous, and uh, if they want to say this timeline and this ship never happened, I am... Totally okay with that. Yeah, I hate it. I hate most things about it. Apparently, I don't know, 
how true this is, but I read a thing once claiming, you know, they really take the idea of civilian bullshit from the Enterprise D to a whole new level with this one. <laughs> and that apparently the J is so big, there's a university on board. Oh, no. Yeah. So not only is it ugly, it's stupid. <laughs> Kill your whole graduating class if this thing goes down. Seriously. Bad idea. Yeah. Fucking idiotic. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's terrible. All right, so that's all we're going to look at today. Next week, look forward to stuff we really haven't seen yet, and we can just wildly conjecture about as we move forward in talking about Starfleet ships and their aesthetics and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, like I said, you can see all these ships up on our Tumblr page. You can also see our shark comparison uh, post, which is up on our Tumblr, which I'm hope which I'm hoping came off as hilariously as I as I think it did. You know, happy Shark Week, everyone. <laughs> I think this has been a lot of fun. We're going to talk about more next week. The other thing we're talking about next week is more Voyager episodes. As I alluded to before, uh, we're talking about The Raven, uh, episode six of season four next next week. I wonder what ship we'll see in that. Wink, wink. Don't you know? Uh, And we'll also talk about the other episode, Scientific Method. So definitely join us next week for that. You can also be catching up with us on the Facebook. You can catch up with us on on the Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following along. If you missed any episodes, they're all up on our SoundCloud or, you know, any podcast location. We're there. SoundCloud. Make sure make sure you've listened to all of it. That's all I've got from me. This has been yeah. Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. And this is always Chris. Happy Shark Week. Woo! Next up in Rav. <laughs> that was <Revolting>. revolting. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you both did there.